0: MSW Media.
1: Sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking.
0: this is what we're drinking with Dandy.
1: Hello. You heard a little Eddie Van Halen there. Tiny little teaser right before Kali King's theme song for this show. And boy, this one's got me gutted. Eddie Van Halen. <clears throat> 65 years old. Cancer. God, I, when I heard about it yesterday was when it happened. I, uh, took my dog out on a long walk and I just put my headphones in and I listened to that first album, the self-titled album Van Halen came out in 1978. In my opinion, top three debut albums, rock and roll of all time. I mean, running with the devil eruption. You really got me Ain't talking about love. I mean, this album was so big. There were so many hits on that album that Jamie's crying, which is an incredible song. They didn't even release that as a single. Because they had already released so many singles from this record, so it's a it's a gut punch. It really it really hurts losing a talent on the level of Eddie Van Halen, and then certainly um, ah boy. Anyway, he will be missed, but his music will not. That will remain with us forever. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Uh, as always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the imbiber. Please comments, questions, anything. Stuff you want me to talk about on the show, you know, shoot me a note. On the today's show, we've got Pili Montilla, a uh, great Emmy-winning host, podcaster, TV host, presenter. She is from Puerto Rico originally, hosts a lot of uh, shows in both Spanish and English, and she's the best, and she's going to be joining me in just a bit. And then later, later in the show... I'm going to give you a cocktail recipe for a drink I just whipped up last night. I got it from the Nomad Cocktail Book, which is a a book by my buddy Leo Robeshek. Anybody, pro bartender, amateur bartender, home bartender, whatever you are, if you like making drinks, you should own the Nomad Cocktail Book. And I'm going to give out a recipe from that book later in the show. And I want to touch on something on the last episode. I talked about going to pause up a, Dude Ranch, high-end Dude Ranch in Montana that I went to when I was writing my book, researching my book, American Wino. So six years ago, I went there. And in the last episode, I talked about checking into the place and and getting into this long conversation with the receptionist and the woman that checked me in about – Bears and my fear of bears, getting attacked by bears, and then I, I went to the bar after that at the at the resort, and the and the bartender talked to me about all the various animals I might hit while driving along the roads, and it was just really unnerving, all of it. So, I wanted to continue, though. What happened after I left that bar? I went back to my cab, and I had a beautiful cab in there, but it but I was alone, and I'd been on the road at this point about six weeks, and I was, I was feeling pretty. Lonely, so I wanted to kind of pick up on that and, and give you a little bit more of that story. So, so I went back to my room and I lit a fire and I uncorked a bottle of Frog's Leap Cabernet from a gift basket that they had left for me. And I opened a I, Since I was researching a wine book, I opened a book called uh, by Paul Lukak called American Vintage: The Rise of American Wine. And after a good five to six minutes about American wine's founding father, a guy named Nicholas Longworth, he produced the country's first successful commercial wines in the mid-19th century, you know, five to six minutes of that, I had enough. I I put it down and I I picked up my iPhone. Stupid books. So I took a glance. I would just come out of a relationship with a woman we'll call Elizabeth. And I was still smarting from this. I was not over this relationship by any stretch of the imagination. I'd found out that she'd hooked up with another guy who we'll call Jack. So I'm still a mess at this point. So naturally, I took a look at her Facebook page. No big deal. Then her Instagram and Twitter. I saw nothing particularly distressing beyond the usual indications that her life was not grinding to a complete and catastrophic halt without me. She'd gone to an engagement party in Malibu for one of her girlfriends. There were a few new shots of her and some co-workers on the set of the TV show where she worked. She looked the same, maybe even lost a few pounds. She'd reposted something about Beyoncé on her Facebook page. No surprise, she was obsessed with Beyoncé. But there were no pictures of Jack, the new boyfriend. No social media acknowledgement of their relationship, I half wish she'd just get it over with and post some shots of the two of them having sex on top of the grip of the Observatory. Stop torturing me with the possibility that it was nothing more than a fling. Show me. Make it athletic. In lieu of being able to wallow in rejection, I did the next best thing. Tinder. Again, this is six years ago. Tinder was all the rage turned out there were a surprising number of women between the ages of 24 and 45 located within a 50-mile radius of paws up. I figured a lot of them were probably down in Missoula, which was about 45 minutes away. Now, one of the big differences between browsing Tinder in Montana and Los Angeles is that in Venice Beach, you're unlikely to come across even a single photo of a woman holding a high-powered hunting rifle next to the carcass of a large animal. In Montana, it seemed to be the norm. I guess men out there want to be sure you can provide for a family. About 70% of the women that showed up in my search results had posted at least one photo of themselves beside a giant animal, typically an elk, that they'd recently shot to death. And about half of them were cute enough to raise a chub. I started swiping right like Ted Nugent blasting his way through a forest filled with Democrats. Kimberly, 31, loves travel, fashion, and putting an arrow between the eyes of a mountain goat. Swipe right... Cindy, 40, originally a California beach bum, but considers herself a Montana girl now. Her loves are family, friends, finding the positive in seemingly negative situations, burgers, whiskey, laughing, and live music. Oh, and slaughtering wolves. Righto. <coughs> Excuse me. Helene, 28. There are at least five women in every one of Helene's profile pictures, including one with a deer that is a bullet hole where its eye used to be. Any one of them could be Helene, including the one I dear. Few of the women are cute. Whichever one happens to be Helene is passionate about art, as am I. Swipe right. Sierra, 35, no bio. Now that's a red flag. There are, however, not one, not two, but three photos that testify to Sierra's proficiency with a shotgun. Aw, and look, she's even got her kid with her in one of them. He's holding her bud light for her while she hoists an eight-point buck's head up by its antlers. there's a woman who's figured out how to live. Swipe right. Now, 20 minutes and two glasses of wine later, I'd yet to notch a single match. Not one. What the hell could Sierra possibly be up to? Touching up her doctoral thesis on string theory? Cooking meth? Maybe my bio is the problem. Let's review. Dan, 45. Okay. So one of those bits of information wasn't entirely true, but come on. When you're over 40, giving your age on a dating app is like talking about how exceptional your kids are. Everyone knows it's bullshit and everyone forgives you. I wrote, my grandparents met on Tinder, so I figured I'd give it a try. Now that's a good move. Start off with something funny. Most women claim to find men with a sense of humor extremely attractive. Why do you think Leonardo DiCaprio gets laid so much? The dude is hilarious. Then I wrote, seriously though, I decided to try this in the hopes of meeting a well-adjusted person who enjoys choosing potential mates with a swipe of her finger. Again, more humor. Look out, John Mayor. I got a pocket full of knock-knock jokes and I'm coming for your ladies. I continued, Philly native, writer, three books done, working on the fourth, have a dog. That last line could be misinterpreted. Might someone think I'm trying to offer her my dog? That would be moving a mite too fast for a lot of women. Or maybe she'd think I meant I'm working on the 4th of July, have a hot dog instead of hanging out with me. Talk about sending the wrong message. What kind of chump works on the 4th of July? And the idea that a hot dog would be an adequate substitute for my company? That's just plain insulting. I decided to change it to, quote, Adore my Pitbull lab mix. There we go. That's super fucking appealing. So I continued. I wrote, what else? Um, I'm awesome. Says so on my business cards. I don't actually have business. I didn't actually have business cards anymore. But back when I wrote for Playboy, I had cards embossed with the iconic Bunny Ears logo that identified me as, quote, nightlife columnist slash public menace. It is the best title I have ever had or ever will have. I'm holding on to it even though that important silly place is many years in the rear view. And I continued in my bio, I said, The question is, are you, And I put you all in caps, are you awesome? Well, are you? If so, let's combine forces and defeat evil, and have drinks or coffee or something. And just for Montana, I added, Or blow the head off a moose with a howitzer. I'm up for anything, really. Perfect. Maybe I'll just keep going with this Montana. Maybe the from here on out, every episode of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn will contain <laughs> stories of my adventures in Montana. How would you like that? Huh? Huh?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Man, uh, I'm feeling awfully gassy today. Anyway, uh what do we got to? Oh, we got to get to uh we got to get to Pili Let's do that interview. Let's do it right now. Joining me now, an Emmy award-winning host and producer, Tepera Tre Mantilla. See how my Spanish is so good. That was the name of the show that she won the Emmy for. She is also the host of Truth and Tunes. She's the programmer of Fun for Life Radio on Dash, but... The most important thing to me is she's an old dear friend of mine, Pili Montilla. Hi.
0: What's up, Dan? Thank you so much for having me, dude.
1: I'm so pumped to have you on. It feels, like, it feels like old times having you on here. We used to hang out back in the day here in Los Angeles, and I haven't seen you in a few years, but I, I follow you on the social medias and all the things you're getting up into. And, and so let's talk about some of the projects you got going on right now
0: yeah, well, first of all, thanks so much for the invite. It was such a pleasure to see your text inviting me to your podcast and congratulations on the success of your podcast. Thank you as a podcaster myself, I understand how much work it takes to put episodes out every week and how much tears, sweat, and sometimes joy it 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 involves to get a podcast out. so so thank you for that. Yeah., yeah thanks for the invite. Um, But, um, you know, I've been doing well. I've been doing a lot of work um, for my podcast. I have a podcast called Pili Raúl en la Musica, and we interview Latin musicians. We've been on the air for about a year and a half now, and we're sponsored by Jack Daniels.
1: Yes, Jack Daniels, our old friend.
0: As you know, I'm having a little Jack myself right now. Nice. Um, And so working hard on that, Uh, COVID has been great for the podcast. Actually, do, do you feel the same?
1: I mean, I, you know, I hesitate to say anything's been great because of COVID, but I will say it, my, the numbers on my show have gone up. And, and certainly in terms of, you know, you mentioned the focus on Latin music. We just had Pitbull on the show. uh, just had Jason Aldean on, I've got Lars uh, uh, Ulrich from Metallica. And I think the error of Zoom is making those big interviews more likely than maybe they used to be because back in the day, as you know, we'd have to, you know, you have to range with Pitbull's people and you have to figure out a place to meet and what you're going to do. And, and I think that even when, blessedly COVID is gone, what we're doing right now is probably going to be the way shows happen a lot, especially podcasts.
0: A hundred percent. Same over here. Our numbers have grown exponentially and it's, it's awesome. And yeah, part of it is because everybody's, everybody's accessible right now, you know, We've had musicians from Spain, from Chile, from all over the world on the show because of Zoom. So in a way, yeah, it's we got to think of the positive, you know, we've got to f- focus on that. And, and in that way, um, our numbers have grown and, and the podcast has just been super fun to do. We do like virtual events, too, where fans can jump in the Zoom call and watch the interview and actually ask their own questions to the to the musician. So that's been a really cool project that we, we've been working on. And then, like you mentioned, I'm programming a new station on Dash Radio, which is free digital radio. Um, the station per se is called Fun for Life Radio. And my I'm programming it, which is like a huge task because it's 24 hours of not only music, but we also have talk shows on, on the station. And one of those talk shows is like you mentioned, Truth in Tunes. It's a two-hour talk show um where I invite different cultural influencers to just talk music. You know, they have to pick five songs that have somehow shaped their life. And uh, we talk about why those songs are important to them. So it's been super hey, fun.
1: Okay, fine. I'll do the show. Fine. All say, right.
0: I was going to invite you. <laughs> I'm in. Yay.
1: Count me in. No, <laughs> yeah. I. so you, let, let, let's let rewind a little bit here. So, people, so you're, you're originally from Puerto Rico. Yep. And you came... You came to Los Angeles first. Was that the first stop?
0: Uh, No, actually, I did a couple of stops before. So I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, which is an island in the Caribbean, for those of you who don't know, because some people think Puerto Rico is- Which is
1: part of the United States. I don't think the president of the United States is aware that Puerto Rico is part of the United States, but it is. Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you. It is a territory
1: of the United States. Yes. And and it should be a state, and I believe- my hope is if the Democrats take control, that that is something that they have talked about uh, Puerto Rico and, and as well as giving voting rights there and Washington, D.C. But yes, that's
0: right, because we can't vote for the president of the United States, the person who actually ends up doing all making all of the decisions for the island. We can't vote for. So well, and I
1: mean, and people want to vote for, you know, for him because, I mean, he did throw paper towels at them. You know, remember? Oh, after, oh, I mean, you. come on, man. The guy <laughs> went. I mean, he was nice enough to go down there and throw some paper towels at people right. after that hurricane. And I mean, come on.
0: Thumbs up, Trump. Thanks so much. Like you, we love the fact that you don't treat Puerto Ricans like second class citizens. We really appreciate your oh, effort. Oh
1: boy, this is. It might be time for some Jack Daniels right now, You might, have, might have
0: to get shot, in. Shot, shot, <laughs> shot, shot. <laughs> so
1: where did you when you came? You came. Did you go to Miami? Then you said first.
0: No. So I was 17 when I left to, to go to college and I went to college in Boston. I went to Boston college and I studied theater there. And then I went to London and then to New York city and then back to Puerto Rico. And then 14 years ago, I moved to LA. So I've been, I've, I've been around, I've been around. I, it's funny you mentioned Miami though, cause I spend a lot of time in Miami for work, but I've never actually lived there.
1: Never lived there. Well, you, you, yeah you host a ton of things. So I'm curious, you know, and I do that as well. And I'm wondering what what that's been like for you since the pandemic started, because obviously you're not, you're not out on in physical locations, doing events. Has that been a, a real drag or what?
0: 100% because I love live hosting. It's a huge part of my career. It's something that I really like have fun doing. And as you know, it's like, it's a craft that, takes experience to perfect. And I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I've done it so much that I feel completely like confident and, and just enjoying the moment of being on stage, entertaining people and making them have a fun time. And I miss that adrenaline rush. You know, like I said, I studied theater and I love being on stage and entertaining people and like having that back and forth of energy with the audience, with the live audience. And I started off the year, you know, like super strong. I hosted Grand Park's New Year's Eve party here in Los Angeles, which is like the biggest. It's kind of like the, you know, the, the Times Square New Year's Eve in New York. Well, it's like that big of a party on the West Coast. And I hosted that. And then I went to Orlando to host a huge three-day three festival. So like the year was starting off really strong. And then I was going to host a series of events in Grand Park over the summer and do some stuff for the Hollywood Bowl. And of course, that is and all gone. And then came
1: I. Re, I remember, I'm the MC for this. I hopefully it's still going to be around. Called the Whiskey X, and it's a series of big whiskey events all over the country. There There's supposed to be twelve this year, and I would MC them. And the first one was scheduled for March 20th <laughs> in Brooklyn, and that was right when everything when the shit hit the fan, and I the guy that ran it was very optimistic to the point where a week before they, they got me the ticket to go to Brooklyn. And I, and I said to him, I said, man, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And because it was LA had just shut down. I think the previous weekend or the weekend prior to that. And he says, no, I, I still think we can get it in. Oh, I, love uh, it. I was like, he not fifteen, fifteen hundred people inside of a warehouse in Brooklyn. And I said, I don't it's think not so. Happening. But I, I do you know what was amazing though. Peely, is remember, we all thought it was going to be two weeks. Remember, they told us, oh. oh, just two weeks, and then we'll be good.
0: A hundred percent, and I think we're going to hit the year. Unfortunately, easily
1: going to hit the year. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, uh, well, again, we we were joking about uh, Trump, and I mean, I. I the, the part that I'm deadly serious about is I, I really do believe so much hangs in the balance, uh, in terms, I mean, the messaging that's going out right now is everything's fine. He just had it. And it's like, Oh no, we're, you don't have to worry about it at all. So I, I genuinely believe that if, if he is reelected in November, we might as well hunker down for a couple more years because oh we're not God. getting out, we're not getting out of this.
0: It's so bad. It's, so, and then, and also, sorry, I don't even know if he actually had COVID like, I know, it, it, you know. I don't want to focus on him. No, I. But, know. but dear Lord, like he had COVID for two days, and now he's like, oh, I'm Superman, and I. Well, feel- he's on steroids.
1: Everybody that I know that's been on steroids has said this is probably a normal reaction to that. He he does feel like super, but when you come off those steroids, the crash is heavy. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
0: We'll see. But
1: let's go on to more. If we're going to talk about serious subjects, let's talk about one. You obviously have been covering music, mostly mostly Latin music, but I have to acknowledge we did rock and roll lost a Titan today.
0: I know. Eddie
1: Van Halen passed away. And I was wondering, did you ever, did you ever get a chance to interview Van Halen or anything like that?
0: Unfortunately, no, man, that would have been such a highlight in my career. I didn't, but I have interviewed one of your guests, which was Pitbull and I love that guy.
1: He is such a Armando man. He, I, you know, I, I admittedly was not that I wasn't a fan but I just had I wasn't very familiar with Pitbull's music and I mean I knew who he was certainly and I you know I knew the guy had a lot of energy so before the show I started a I I started listening to his music and it's just in, infectious it's so upbeat and fun and, and but he is really just a a genuine guy who is a fucking workhorse man like that guy is a force of nature
0: yeah. And he's a business guru. Like he's a business genius. He is, he knows what he's doing. He's smart. He's a go getter. He's creative. I'm a super fan just like you. I'm not like listening to Pitbull every day, um, but he, as, I mean, as an artist and as a person, I truly admire him. I think he's amazing. So congratulations on having him on your show, but yeah, I I, I thought he was awesome. Going back to Eddie Van Halen, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to interview him, but a big fan.
1: Eddie, Eddie's probably had some Jack Daniels in his life. I'm going to guess, I'm I'm guessing, Uh, but it was, yeah, I think it was cancer took Eddie down, you know, and it's, it's an interesting, I've obviously reached this point in my life where a lot of, you know, a lot of my heroes from going up, but dropping, and that's been going on. You remember a few years ago was when we really had that, it just seemed like everybody with Tom Petty and Prince, and, Prince. and um, for me, Lemmy was one of my big here. You know, uh, David Bowie went down, and yeah. and you, and now Van Halen though Eddie feels really weird because he he didn't seem that much older than me.
0: I mean, he was he was five. he is older than me, but
1: yeah, but I mean, yeah, sixty five. I mean, he's he's not we're not too close in age, but uh, close enough where certainly they were one of the seminal bands growing up for me and to be like, wow, that guy's gone.
0: I know it's, it's a shame, but I always try to focus on my God. I'm I'm like, I'm starting to sound like really optimistic lately, but I, I guess that's part of my character. But you know, when I think about Bowie and Tom Petty, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. And actually I got a chance to see Tom Petty at his very last concert. At the, at the Hollywood Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was a blessing. Um, but, you know, I'm like, thank you, Eddie Van Halen and Bowie and Prince and Petty for all the amazing music that you left behind that has enhanced our life in so many different ways. And your, you know, your your meat suit is gone, but your, your soul and your energy will live forever through your music. And that's really why I focus on music, Dan. Like, I absolutely love and respect musicians and the art craft behind creating music. And I truly believe that it enhances our life to the highest potential. It's, it's such a beautiful art form and I owe a lot of my happiness to all these musicians.
1: I I couldn't agree more. And not only, not only the happiness, I mean, let's face it, you know, it's been a bit of a shit show the last few years and, and certainly 2020 has been the worst that I can remember. And, I have to say it's some of the some of the darker moments you know I, I what I turn to is music to 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 lift me up to remind me of better times that's the thing about music I think is it it can it can so easily transport you back to where you know whatever your favorite memory is associated, like I'm sure if you hear a Tom Petty song, you're probably remembering being out at the bowl, and it was a beautiful night. I'm sure, and and it that it's magic. It really is that there you know that art can take you there.
0: It it really is. Yep. Do you play any instruments, Dan?
1: Poorly, yes. I can play the guitar, not well. I can keep a beat on the drums. You know, I've I've sat in and jammed with a couple of bands before, but I'm not, I'm not very good. Do you play anything?
0: No, I started taking uh, drum lessons last year and then COVID hit and, and there goes my drum lessons, but that's the instrument that I really want to focus on and that I really enjoy. I think drummers are super sexy.
1: Who Who are some of your favorite artists, you know, your programming radio station? I mean, who are you, who are you into now?
0: So I'm a big, the killers fan. Okay. Um huge, huge The Killers fan. I think they're such an amazing band. I think their lyrics are powerful. Their songwriting. Um, I think Brandon Flowers is an amazing showman. So if you guys haven't had a chance to see The Killers live, you won't in a while. <laughs>
1: but you know, you can but, go watch watch them on YouTube, right?
0: Yes, for sure. And I'm also a huge fan of Latin music. You know, there's a band from Colombia called Bombay Stereo that I highly recommend if you guys are. Into expanding your music library, check them out.
1: Say, what Bo- is it again?
0: Bomba, like bomb. Bomba. Bomba. E- estereo, like stereo.
1: Stereo. Stereo bomb. Is that what it is? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What does what bomba
1: estereo was- translate to? Yeah. Yeah. Stereo bomb.
0: Stereo bomb. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It just sounds prettier in Spanish. I have to say. <laughs> <Everything's>
1: <laughs> <bad>. Everything. Everything <laughs> sounds prettier. Looks prettier. I'm from Philadelphia. We, can, you know, I, I'm a, so my my ethnic background is Italian and Irish, right down the middle, I believe.
0: Well, I am Spanish and Irish, and my grandfather, may he rest in peace, who was 99 years old when he passed away in Puerto Rico, he was Irish American, born and raised in Philadelphia. No kidding. Yeah, so I have a lot of family. In Philadelphia.
1: That is a huge part of where I grew up. I mean. My whole neighborhood was pretty much Irish, either Irish or Italian or or combination of the two. And then, you know, you got other sections of South Philadelphia is all Italian. And this section over here is, but I mean, you get that, you get that in Los Angeles as well. I think there's, you know, um, listen, I think, and it's a good thing, you know, as people become more accepting and I, by that, I probably mean younger folk, I mean, uh-huh. unfortunately, we we are still living in a time where people recognize those differences. But I think the young kids don't as much. So, right. you know, I think in the near future, you're going to see communities that are way more integrated than mm-hmm. when I was young. It just wasn't like that.
0: Right. Right.
1: But now it's encouraging to see that that's happening. and And again, I think that's another. Really, really important element to what's coming. I mean, I just look at November. Where's the Jack Daniels? Pass the Jack Daniels. Get me, yeah, get me some more. Go, ja- no, I, I, yeah, let's get off politics. Let, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about Jack Daniels. You, you said they're one of the sponsors of your show. What do, you, what do you like? Do you like to drink whiskey?
0: I do like to drink whiskey. So I'm a whiskey and a mezcal drinker and wine every now and then, but mostly whiskey and mezcal. So it was, you know, it was such a beautiful opportunity to work with Jack Daniels. They started sponsoring our podcast even before we launched an episode. So we hadn't even been on the air yet. We just had the concept and we had a couple of interviews already, um, you know, that we had done, Um, but we just went to them and we're like, this is our vision. This is our business plan. This is what we want to do. This is who we want to target. We believe that Latin music deserves a space um, and it's... It's not really given to them right now, especially the musicians that we focus on, which are more on the alternative side. And they were like, let's jump on board. And now they've been with us for a year and a half since the very beginning. And it's a shame because we used to do monthly live events. Ah, Dan, I wish I would have invited you to one of them. Damn it. I wish you would have as
1: well. I mean, I'm, I'm missing, you know, that that is of the many things that I miss and I think we all miss. The prospect of going, because again, that was another thing I remember in March I had, and that was March 15th, I believe it was, I had tickets to see Pearl Jam at the forum Uh, and I was, I was going with our mutual friend, Dave Zealer, and uh, we, we had the tickets and we were ready to go and didn't happen. But I, now I find myself going, well, when, when is that? Going to happen. When are we going to be able to jam 30,000 people into a space again and safely? Uh,
0: I miss that energy too so much. But so Jack Daniels had a speakeasy in Silver Lake. It was called Room Number Seven. And uh, so we would do a live podcast event once a month
1: with our boy uh, ET there, Eric Tukoski. Was he there? Do you know ET?
0: No, I don't. Is he, he one of the? He's the
1: national brand ambassador for Jack, and he's based here in Los Angeles.
0: Oh, then he, I have met him.
1: Dark hair guy. He's from Philly as well. He's another Philly boy.
0: And he he loves to talk.
1: He well, who do we are from Philly? That's what we do. We <laughs> yes. I, we don't I love. To, we don't love guy. to think. We just love to talk. <laughs> yeah, think later. The-
0: so yeah, he actually attended a couple of the events. But yeah, once a month we would invite from sixty to seventy five people. It was all included, so they had food. They have all types of. Whiskey drinks from Jack Daniels. And then we would interview the musician live in front of a live audience. The audience would ask them questions and then the artist would perform. It was such a magical night. And obviously after COVID, we we're like, okay, we have to reinvent ourselves. What are we gonna do? We built something really cool and magical, and people are really digging it. So how can we put, you know, how can we reinvent ourselves and 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 make it work with what's going on in the current times? And so now that's what we do virtually, which is what I was saying earlier in this interview. Um, And it's cool because now at least people from all over the world can be part of the event, but uh, obviously it's not the same because it's not like in person and you don't have that energy flowing, but it was a very magical night. And point is that Jack Daniels has been very generous with us. And we love the fact that they're supporting Latin music.
1: Go Jack. Now let me ask you, you mentioned that you like whiskey and mezcal. What let's go with your three favorite cocktails. What are your three? You're going out. You're going to have three different drinks, three different cocktails. What are they?
0: Okay. I absolutely love a picante, which is like a mezcal with pineapple and some jalapeño or something that really makes it spicy.
1: That sounds delicious.
0: You could do it with grapefruit juice too, by the way. But yeah, you know, that little citrus with mezcal. And I like it extra hot. Like I, I love spicy stuff. Um, a, with a really good whiskey sour, I think it's just a beautiful classic.
1: It's a, it's a timeless classic yeah. drink that is yeah. pretty hard to, to screw up too. So, you know, if you're ordering a whiskey sour at most places, you're, you're going to be okay. You know, sometimes gonna okay. it's going to be, you get in drink that could be really out of balance, but it's hard to screw up a, a whiskey sour. And what's your, what's your third cocktail?
0: Well, it depends. I think now with winter coming up, and I was in Colorado like two weeks ago and it was kind of cold up there and I had the best hot toddy.
1: Love a hot it toddy. It was
0: so good. So I think it depends on the, you know, on the weather. Like if I'm in Puerto Rico, I would definitely go with more of the spicy mezcal. Um, and if, if it's winter time, I would go with the hot toddy. Um, yeah, I'm not into fruity, you know, I'm not into like fruity, sugary drinks. That's why I like whiskey so much and mezcal, like the People are like, oh, but mescal, it's so smoky." I'm like, "Yes, bring the smoke on. I feel like smoky and spicy are the perfect combination."
1: You don't you don't want any of that sweet stuff.
0: No, don't give me no daiquiri or none of that. Or like rum and coke. No, 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 no. No. The Cuba Libre. Wait, 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 the
1: the rum and coke, the Cuba Libre is the national drink of 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 Cuba.
0: Come on. I know. And I was going to say, like, you know, being in Puerto Rico and so close to Cuba, you know, rum and Coke is like what everybody drinks because rum is made you know, in in Puerto Rico or Cuba. And uh, but I'm just not into it because I don't really drink Coke. I don't really drink soda. So it just it's too sugary for me.
1: What's that great hotel in Puerto Rico? The old one with the casino, Caribe, Caribe, Caribe,
0: Caribe Hilton,
1: Caribe Hilton. Yeah, fantastic place. I've been down there a few times. I've gone down, you know, speaking of rum, Bacardi has a pretty big presence down there in Puerto Rico. And I've gone down there a few times and what a, what a wonderful place, man. Puerto Rico is just, uh, uh and they've gotten the shit kicked out of them the last couple Dude, of years. We've
0: been through hell and back. I mean, after that horrible hurricane, we had to kick the governor out cause he was a horrible governor. So we had a huge, like two weeks of protest to kick him out. And finally that was, that was done. Then we had a bunch of earthquakes that hit us and now COVID it's just been like,
1: and like we said, Donald Trump came down and threw paper towels at everybody.
0: He did Nothing. He did nothing. It's- now he mentioned that he's going to, you know, for hurricane relief and that he's going to help us. But it's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're trying to do because there's a lot of voters in Orlando and New York and Chicago that are Puerto Rican, So you're just trying to get those votes in, but hopefully it won't work.
1: Let's let's hope not. Well, listen, I want, I'm so happy that you came on the show and took time and I really wish we were doing this in person, but I, 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 I pray that we will be able to do that soon. Tell everybody now, you, you got so many things going on. Where, where are we going now? What are we, what are we doing first? We want to we do a deep dive into Pele Montia, and I, and I know that sounds dirtier than I intended it to sound, <laughs> but, but where, where are we going first? Podcast?
0: podcast Pili Raul and la musica I, I think the best ways for people to follow me on Instagram Pili Montilla my name and my
1: And you're doing best. it with Raul Campos from KCRW, KCRW right KCRW, Okay so yeah. K- KCRW is a is a public radio station here in Los Angeles it is it's a, a just a treasure and Raul Raul was actually wasn't he doing the morning show for a while after Jason Bentley left, right? He was doing morning becomes eclectic for, for a good long while. And and is he still there at KCRW?
0: He's definitely still there. Yeah. He's been there for 20 years. So he's great. Yes. He, you can hear him on uh, Saturdays and Sundays now. Yeah. And of course you can hear that. You can hear him on the podcast too. So you can find us on all the podcast platforms. It's called Pili, Raul and La Musica. And it's bilingual. Most of the episodes are in English. So Whenever you go, if you see that the uh, description of the episode is in Spanish, guess what? That episode is in Spanish. And if you don't know Spanish, don't listen to it. Go to the ones that have the uh, description.
1: If you don't know Spanish, you should listen to it. Come on, like bro, I want I want my audience to broaden their horizons out here. Um, so yeah, go to <laughs> go to, to Pele Montilla on Instagram. She'll have everything there that you need to know. And I'm gonna shoot her a little video from here, and we can hopefully find that there as well. Uh, it is such a pleasure to see you. And I wish we were drinking Jack Daniels together in person, but we will. It's gonna happen.
0: I like I said, I'm an optimist. So let's make it happen, Dan. Thank you again so much for letting me tell my story a little bit more and 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 you know, be part of your journey and expose me to your fans and to your followers and listeners. It's always
1: I a- would love you to expose yourself to my fans <laughs> because I feel like the I feel like the numbers would go up for this episode. It would, they would, and I would get more followers. I don't think sure. Instagram is going to allow it. I don't think they're going to allow it. But anyway, Peely, what what a what a joy to talk to you, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, folks. I've never admitted this on the show before, but I'm a guy. Yeah, it's true. And as a guy, I'm here to tell you that so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. Treatments start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. That's right, free. How? How? Well, if you're ready to take action, prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash drinking to receive your first month of treatment for free. Take care of your hair, and your hair will take care of you. And now, here's the universe letting us know it really doesn't want us to have a promo from Pitbull. I was wondering if you could do me one quick favor say, hey, this is Pitbull, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn.
0: Mr. Three Hundred Five, but it's oh. it's official. What are we? Drinking? By the way, you We're dropped out. Done. You
1: dropped out for a second there. I'm so, you, you, your phone went out. Let's try one more time.
0: It's that little
1: chico, boom, Mr. Three Hundred Five, but it said Mr. Worldwide. Play with it, darling. Yeah. <laughs> I think the universe does not want you to promote my show. Every time you do it, it keeps dropping out. No. But don't, don't worry about it, man. One more time, Gigo. <laughs> we'll do One no, more time. One more time, Gigo. One, yeah. one more. Time. I'll try one more time. Right, here we go. I'm gonna try one more time. Leo Chico Boom, Mr. Three Hundred Five. Better said, Mr. Worldwide, and it's official. You are listening to what are we drinking with Dan Dunn? game play with it? <laughs> That's good, man. Ah, Pitbull, what a cool dude. He was on the show recently. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Now, the the book, uh, the, the Nomad Cocktail Book by Leo Robichek shares the secrets. Leo's the bar director, or was the bar director, and maybe he still is, of the award-winning cocktail program. It started in New York, then they opened one out here in Los Angeles. It was named Best in America two times running. I don't know who did that, who named them that, but somebody did, and that's important. Uh, the Nomad Cocktail Book features 100 all-new recipes, classic and modern cocktails, a pair of tees, punches, even non-alcoholic drinks teaches you how, to make, tells you how to make foundational syrups and infusions. No home bar is complete without this revelatory guide to the Nomad Bar's most coveted cocktails. So overall there's 300 recipes in there, 100 of them are new. So I'm going to give you a recipe I made one last night. I pulled the book out and I made it for the amaretto sour, delicious drink. This is the Nomad Bar's take on this guilty pleasure, which is an almond sour with a touch of bitterness. Okay. Here's what you're going to need. Amaretto, Campari, lemon, orange, and egg white. So one egg white, one teaspoon of simple syrup. Simple syrup is just equal parts water, hot water and sugar. Blend them together, stir it up, put it in an airtight jar, put it in the fridge and keep it for up to a month. That's simple syrup. What is it? A quarter ounce of Campari, half ounce of orange juice, Three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, always fresh. Two ounces of De Serono Amaretto and three drops of Angostura bitters for garnish. So here's what you're going to do. Here's how you make it. In a cocktail tin, combine all the ingredients except the garnish, which is the bitters. Seal and dry shake. That means no ice. That's a dry shake. To emulsify the egg white into the cocktail, carefully open the tin and fill with one quarter inch ice cubes. Seal it again and shake vigorously. Vigorously. Get those arms tired. Strain the cocktail into a chilled coupe using a hawthorn strainer and a fine tea strainer. Two strainers. Once the egg white settles, use a Japanese bitters dasher to carefully dot the Angostura bitters around the rim of the glass. You might want to YouTube that, folks. That's not easy. Again, Use a Japanese bitters dasher to carefully dot the Angostura bitters around the rim of the glass. Use a cocktail pick to connect the dots into a half circle. You've seen them do that in the bar. You can do it. You can do it. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go one more recipe. Why not? Well, we got it. How about an Aperol, sarrel? Saro. Who says I can't speak. Why can't I speak? Let's try it again. Aperol Sour. You're going to do Aperol, lemon, egg, and white. You're going to take one egg white, half ounce of cane syrup, one ounce lemon juice, two ounces of Aperol, three drops of Peychaud's bitters. You need different bitters for this one. Cocktail tin, same thing. All ingredients except the bitters. Seal and dry shake. So it's the same thing. You're doing the same exact thing, except with Aperol. So there you go. Again, this is from the Nomad Cocktail Book, Leo Robeshek. I invite you to pick it up. It's a lovely book, and you need it. You need it. Oh, boy. Well, I think uh, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank Peely Montia for being on the show. I want to thank you for listening to the show. I want to send out my my regards to all the Van Halen fans in the world, Eddie Van Halen's family especially. And big loss, and uh, but his music will live on forever. <laughs>